You are now in the mix with the Atomic Podcast, where we blow up the news. Intellectual stimulations by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast, where we're coming to you live from Times Square, New York City, where we blow up the news on a verbal scale. I am Ephraim Guzman. Along here, to my right, is my heterosexual life mate, Eves, the canon Senen. Is right or left? Your right or my left? My right. Your right. Okay. Yes. Just double check. Okay. Welcome to another exciting episode, and there's a lot of news that's Why coming. Why do you use that voice? What voice? That voice. That was like you're. I think uh, you said that before. I think you're very repetitive when you say that. I, I come on, dude. You're doing voice. the same crap. That's what I'm saying. Like they're the same thing. I'm just confused. Like well, it sounds like an announcer for like I don't know. Yeah, it's my micro rate. machines. It's my rate. Well, I'm not John Machida. I don't talk that fast. But it's my um, intellectual. Um, Verbose. You don't even know what you're doing. Okay, I don't even know what I'm saying. Yeah, all right. What's going on? Not, nothing much, man. There's a lot of news out there. Let's just get right down to the point because I don't think people want us to talk about our personal lives. Yeah, so we'll just get right it's, down it's to the like news. It's like that. It's like that. Just jump to the news just like that. No, all right. No, all, right no, let's, all right. How you doing, Eves? Uh, I'm all right. Just want to know how you're doing. I mean, we haven't spoken in a while. Just wanted to know. Yeah, well, yeah, well, we. I've, I've been on assignment, but you know, exactly. And then, you That's know, the last episode. You were on yeah. assignment. You were. You've been on assignment. You've been really making moves out here. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you know, we gotta we gotta keep the show moving. You know, you have a lot of personal issues um, issues that you're dealing with now. And uh, um, baby, baby, yeah, on baby, the way. baby. Yes, moving, congratulations. All types of crap. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. I Becoming the idea of a real man. Yes. Thank you, thank you. Let's jump into the news. It's not yeah. around. So, um, supposedly, the news out there, Interstellar, the movie that's um, coming out, Christopher Nolan movie with Matthew McConaughey. What is that exactly about, you know? I know it's about space, but, um, I mean, it's like oh, a just like asteroid a, coming to space. It looks like a tearjerker, though, because it's just like sad moments in the movie, and Matthew McConaughey doing a great performance and crying. Which I, looks, <laughs> but I don't understand. That's what I understand. Some of those movies, like, what the hell is the plot of that movie? Something with space or a different type of Earth? I don't know. It's like, you know, I, I think ever since Gravity caught flow, then... You know, it gives you know pay away for everybody else to do. But you know, Christopher Nolan—that's going to be a a, a, no, a all type of different type of space movie. When it's Christopher Nolan directing it, it's going to be—I don't know—it's going to yeah. seem. It's going to be emotional. It's going to be dark. It's going to be gritty. I think it's going to be really good. But yeah. instead of the movie, I'm not—I'm not really. You know, right, my, I want to yeah, see the movie. movie right. The supposed trailer for the Avengers: Age of Ultron will be attached to that film. So, so. now, is that going to be the trailer that everybody's been seeing at Comic Con? I believe so. I believe so. It's going to be that and um, little snippets of scenes. I gets more scenes that they probably added to it from the comic. Right. Is that the one that you you don't know? Is that the one they were talking about? You know how in the beginning of the trailer when everybody's sitting down and see if who could lift Thor's hammer? I believe and, so. I believe and they I will think show Captain that. America's one comes closest. Yeah, 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 yeah. I believe they will show that. That's cool. Which is That's pretty cool. cool. And um, Agents of Shield is back on the full lineup. Right, I did. See. It started already in September. Right. Did you see Gotham? None Gotham. Yeah, the first episode, the pilot episode, was really, really awesome. Gotham. Yes, it's Gotham. Is the show the, the prequel? Yeah, I saw that. I was telling you to watch it that day. I was yeah. like, I called you, but but Gotham is the prequel to um well the whole Batman universe. This is you know um. Commissioner, well, he's not commissioner; he's detective. Yeah, lieutenant. Yeah, detective Gordon. Detective yeah. Gordon, you know, and it's before he became, you know, commissioner and before Batman and all these other yeah. characters. You know, you do see Bruce Wayne on the show, but the show is, is more Gordon centric. It's more on right, commissioner right, James right. Gordon, it's kind, of, kind of like yeah, yeah. and to clean up like the corruption law, of the Law and Order of you know Gotham, which yeah. it's kind of it's, it's not that bad. I, I I I had a little low expectations about it, but it's not that bad. It's it's. Better yeah. than I thought it would be. Yeah, it's good. I haven't seen the second episode yet. But well, I don't the think the second episode steam. didn't come up. It, it wasn't it. It's it was Monday. Monday. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Because I did t- I text you last month. You're right, right, right. Yeah, I didn't yeah. see that one either. Um, Flash. The Flash is coming. Also, I think it's in. I don't remember. 
remember the exact date where it's coming on, but Flash and Green Arrow, they're gonna they're they're, gonna they're, sure, they're in the same shared universe. So right. you know, they'll, they're, there's already a crossover episode. I think Green Arrow's in the first episode, and right, right. Uh, other episodes to come, they'll be crossing over to different shows. Which you know, is cool. Arrow will go over to Flash. Flash, Flash is. I think they did. See, that's that's smart the way they did it for the TV version. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's one thing Marvel doesn't have is that you know like same universe TV shows except like you know like different TV shows in the same universe that it can intermingle even though Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is mingling with the whole Marvel Universe that's the thing about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. what I like about that is they mix up with the movie universe where it's a whole cinematic universe with the television and the movies so the whole gap of movies when the movies come out every six months you know sort of what's going on when you watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because sometimes they'll happen to mention either Tony Stark or right, mention right. what's going on. They say something about, yeah. you know, the part of the movie. And Hydra is, this season is all about Hydra, dude. Hydra is is taking over the, the whole world and, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. is coming to form back together with Coulson, who's now the director who got handed down the reins by Nick Fury. So they're trying to just rebuild S.H.I.E.L.D. from the ground up and dealing with Hydra at the same time. And you're going to see a lot of cameos from Mockingbird. you already seen the Zori Men, the first two episodes. So there's a lot of episodes still to come with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think you're, gonna, you're definitely going to enjoy it, so you better watch it. Yeah, no, I'll watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. now. I, I mean, I didn't really like a couple of episodes last season. You kept telling me, watch it, watch it, watch yeah, it. Yeah, it's yeah. It's a slow burn, dude. If you watch the first two, three episodes, you're not going to enjoy it. Or the four or five episodes. But once they sift came into one episode, and then once the I whole, saw that episode. Oh, you saw that I saw episode? Right. Man, you should keep harassing me like to watch it. Like, I saw that episode. That, like, when Lady Sith was there, I saw it. I saw the episode, and Mockingbird. You said from yeah, Mockingbird um, from the um, West Coast Avengers is gonna be yeah. So it's 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 really good the way they're doing it. Um, DC, well, you know, the only shared universe they have is Arrow and the Flash, but they have Constantine for NBC. And they have got them on Fox. I'm which, hearing they're going to do a Supergirl show. Yeah, Supergirl. And I heard like a Nightwing show too. Or is it uh, like a Justice League something? Justice League Dark or something Yeah, like that? I think that's what Guillermo del Toro, I think. Yeah. But that's just so far in the talking stage. But the one that has the footing is a Supergirl show, which is going to be on CBS. Which is kind of dope. That's kind of dope. But, but I think but it's going to be I just, I just don't think you can have a Supergirl without having Clark on the show or Superman. And I don't know how they're going to work that out. Did they unless, do that before? Remember back in the day they had that Supergirl show? They never had a Supergirl show. They had a yeah. Superboy show. No. They had a Supergirl movie. Oh, yeah, the movie. With the Helen movie. Slater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was Well, Jimmy Olsen was in the movie. He was the only crossover actor. That right, right, right. right. The other. They did have a Supergirl movie. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, Helen Slater. So, um... Man, you know the name of the girl, too? Yeah. Jesus Christ. We are intellectually stimulated, dude. We should know nah, these things. Yeah, you should know these things. Nah, I want to know her name. You're the most efficient movie watcher I've ever met in my entire life and existence. That's when you hear the dead air. You don't hear anything else because it's like, what the hell? Right really? now we would need a Me? sound effect. Go blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. So, uh, damn. What else is that? What else is going on? Um, there was something I did have to tell you. Uh, what is it? What was it? What was it? I don't remember off the top of my head. It was something else I had to tell you. About movie news, but it was Marvel. Um, I don't know. I don't know. We saw Vision. I forgot. Uh, we talked about that. Yeah, already. Vision. We, we saw Vision. They have a picture of Paul Bettany. Well, a, 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 well, the concept art of, of well, Vision concept costume, art is usually yeah. going to be the which it's usually going to be the final product, product of the right. suit, but it looks really awesome. You know, the color scheme and the way he looks—it's right, no, right no. out of the comics. Right, man, that's kind of cool. Like they just added you know? all these superheroes. Also, Jeremy Renner had an interview where he was speculating that he might be in Captain America three. I don't know how true that he is. He probably is. He probably is. I mean, Captain America three. I mean, 
Is it going to be called um, The Fallen Sun? Do you remember when you showed me those, um, you showed me a yeah. bunch of logos? Yeah, it was a fan-made logo. But yeah. I heard that that Thor may be the real name of the movie. Yeah, Rhetoric. Rhetoric, or whatever yeah. it's called. I heard that it might be, I forgot where I was looking at online. It might be the yeah. real name of the movie, which is kind of cool, but that yeah. means that it, it all the name of the movies would be for real. Like The Fallen Sun would be um, Captain America, and I believe, what was the... What was the Incredible Hulk movie called? Was it not Climate, World World War Hulk? World War, yeah, yeah. But that's not. They scrapped that so. idea. They scrapped that and idea. Also, right? speaking of news, um, Dave Bautista has confirmed that he, you know he's been talking to be in Avengers three. So, what I'm predicting is going to happen, fans. It's going to be the Guardians and the Avengers against Thanos to rise up. But then Thanos they said they were going to make it a two part two part. Like they was that's what they're supposedly saying. Like it's going to be so. I think they're doing that because they want to hold the actor's contract because Robert Downey Jr. is up after three. I think Chris Evans is up after three as well. But I think it's just all, all going to be contained in one movie. Well, let me tell you something. See, let, let me I don't tell see this, it going to and I'm telling you and the fans, these guys are not going to leave. I'm telling you, these superheroes are not going to leave. Robert Downey Jr. is not going to leave to be something else besides Captain America. Yeah. Excuse me. Iron Man. I'm sorry. He was named. Chris Evans is not going to leave and not be ever captain. Who else are going to fill these roles? Um, well, these are icon- iconic roles that these people, no one else can fill. Dude, we said the same thing like I told you before about Michael Keaton. We said the same thing about Christian Bale. You know, everybody's no, this is different though. This is different though. Everybody's interchangeable. I understand it, but this is different though. These roles are iconic in making buku dollars. They're not going to be. What are they going to do? Nice word, Buku. Um, like, yeah. Like, um, what are they gonna do? Where else are they gonna plan on? Well, doing? he doesn't. He can just retire, dude. Robert Downey Jr. really doesn't need to make any movies. He's a great actor. He I does it for the art. You see, did you know he had a movie out, The Judge? Yeah, like, I, I been think, knew that. I, I, been one, knew I don't that. think no one's seen it yet, right? You see know. that? Well, he's not. That movie's not gonna be a, a mass know, worldwide man. movie for everybody to see. It, it this like things like that. Like you know, you have your role that it's gonna be you. When yeah. people see you, they see Iron Man. Like this is guy is Iron Man. Yeah. How many movies does Christopher Reeves have made after Superman? And anybody that knows Christopher Reeves can say, okay, that's Superman. Yeah, that's sure. it. Like, nobody sure. else. How many movies has he had? Every, he's done movies after Superman. Yeah. But everybody knows him as Superman. That's it. Like, yo, this dude is Superman. That's his. I don't see any, him playing any other roles. Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know. They gotta, These guys have made themselves they, these characters. Marvel has to back up the Brinks truck to get Downey Jr. again. But they, yo, they have a freaking truck in the back of the freaking studio. Come yeah. on. They have the damn truck in the back of the studio. They yeah. have the damn money in the back of the studio. Yeah. They're like Scrooge McDuck. They have the big <laughs> things. They, they, all they have to do is jump inside there, swim, get some money, and give it to these guys. Come on. The way these movies gross... What they're getting is pennies compared to what they gross. Yeah. The, the, the movies gross in total. But that's neither here nor there. So what do you want to do? You want to jump into what you do? Because, I mean, you've been on assignment. You've been all over the place. Yes, I haven't yes. seen you. You've yeah. just been working hard. What is this interview about? Speak to me about well, this. Well, basically, I have an interview with um, a, a famous wrestler from the 80s, Bobby Fulton of the Fantastics. It's fantastic. Former NWA United States Tag Team Champions, former NWA World Tag Team Champion. Um, I caught up with him recently in a phone interview, and it's a very in-depth interview. He talked mm-hmm. about the business. He talked about, you know, drugs and wrestling, being born again. So it's a very in-depth interview. And, you know, it's we're an entertainment podcast, and wrestling is right. considered entertainment, entertainment for some. Yes, it is. So, considered entertainment. Um, he's one of my childhood idols. Right. I'm right. going to say idols, but, like, one of the... You yeah, know, he looked up to him. Yeah, 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 when I was a kid, especially as a tag wrestler, because I always loved tag team wrestling. I was trying to get into it a long time ago, but, you know, you with see my these body videos. Type, you see these videos of him wrestling. It's, 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 it's yeah. comedy. He really, really, really acts like it was WWE back in the days. So. Yeah, I'm a good seller for you. Yeah. Yes. Terminology. Right, he is. He really does sell it. 
you know. But it's a good interview, and I hope you fans enjoy it, especially you wrestling heads. I know you wrestling heads will definitely like this interview. So right now, I bring you the interview, me interviewing Bobby Fulton. Okay, welcome to the Atomic Podcast, coming to you from NYC. We blow up the news on a verbal scale, and right here, we are with one of the most legendary professional wrestlers in the business, one half members of the Fantastics, Mr. Bobby Fulton. How you doing, Bobby? I'm doing great, man. How about you tonight? Good, good. Enjoying this beautiful weather we have in New York City. How's the weather by you? It's kind of it's brisk. As a matter of fact, if you hear that beeping, that's my son trying to call in to tell me about the podcast tonight, I think. But you know what? The thing of it is, it's a little brisk, and I like it when it gets this kind of weather. It kind of wakes me up extra special. Thinking ain't feel like that I can go the extra mile. Last <laughs> yesterday, well, yesterday I was in Harbor Mission, Michigan. I got a chance to meet the family of the late, great Bobo Brazil. Wow. Now that was an honor for me. Wow. How was his family like? They're really nice folks. As a matter of fact, I got a picture with the son, not the guy that plays Bobo Brazil Jr. in wrestling, but this was really Houston Harris Jr. And as a matter of fact, he looks just like Bobo Brazil, of course, not as patched. He was as tall as Bobo, but uh, he wasn't as thick as Bobo or in shape as Bobo. But he was the real deal. I said, you're the real deal, aren't you? He said, yes, sir. I am a nice family. We had a great time up there. And uh, like I said, I was telling you, I'm right now in transit coming back uh, from that event. Oh, all right, all right. Um, you, you have any upcoming events in the that's coming up in the near future? Well, as a matter of fact, uh, on Saturday, October the 11th at 8 p.m. in my hometown, the Chuck Coffee, I'm putting together an event, and uh, it's going to feature uh, uh, WWE legend uh, Tatanka, the Native American, uh, uh, ECW legend, the franchise Shane Douglas, and of course myself and a lot of other wrestling stars. It's going to be wrestling, R-A-S-S-L-I-N, for a reason. And that reason is going to be for Special Olympics. They've asked me to help them put together an event to raise some much-needed funds, and that's exactly what we're going to do. It's going to be in Chillicothe, Ohio. As a matter of fact, uh, a local Baptist church reached out to Special Olympics. It's got a big gym. They said, use our gym that night, so it's going to be in the Life Center of the Tabernacle Baptist Church, believe it or not. Wow. And it's going to be wild, loud, and unpredictable on Saturday, October 11th. We're gearing up for that. And, of course, uh, I've got some other events that's in, 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 the, in the works. And uh, everything is gearing up to uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Of course, uh, uh, November the uh, 30th, I believe, in Winston-Salem. It's WrestleCade, one of the fantastic. Bobby Fulton and Tommy Rogers get in the ring and tangle with the Rock and Roll Express, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson is going to be on. Oh, um, wow. And, that's yeah. that's amazing. From my days in the 80s, watching the Fantastics against the Rock and Roll Express probably was like one of the best matches on WTBS back in the days, 605, long time ago. Excellent, excellent. Uh, how do you feel having the reunion with Tommy Rogers again? And you think you guys could still gel together as a team? I'll tell you what, yes, I... We were magic, and I'm not just saying it. It was magical when Donna Rush and I got together as far as the tag team. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I think that it'll just be like riding the bicycle, brother. We may not have rode it for about 10 or 15 years together, but when we get on that bicycle in Winston-Salem, it's going to be 
like we never missed a thing. And uh, like you said, I was in last night I was in a wrestling event in Rich, Richmond, uh, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Of course, when we met the Brazil family, uh, a couple local churches had put together like a big victory event there. And uh, the funny thing of it was, I had other people mentioning me that 6.05, Saturday night, WCW, PBS station. People remember that, brother. It's big, 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 big. Even in their minds today, it's amazing what a lasting impression that good stuff left on. Yeah, because in my, for me, in New York City, we always got it at 6.05 on Saturday nights. And, you know, there was always the WWE, WWF, and WCW. But when you watch WWF, it was more like it's, it was G.I. Joe on steroids. It was like watching cartoons, and it was cartoons coming to life. But when you watch NWA, there was no gimmicks. It was Bobby Fulton, Tommy Rogers, Rip Rogers. You know what I'm saying? They, it, everybody was just them, themselves, and it was just the, re- the emphasis was on wrestling. It wasn't the spectacle. It was just the matches and the quality of the matches that you guys had that were amazing. And when the bell rang, we got it on, and uh, from go to woe, and it was action-packed, and it wasn't a three-minute match or a seven-minute match. There was 15-minute matches, 20, 30-minute matches, and, uh, you know, uh, it was uh, everywhere I go. People still talk about that, and it's amazing. It just kind of made me laugh. just amazing back in the days and you know the, the sheep herders and you know the tag team wrestling was at its dominance back then but um just to backtrack a little bit just uh, give me a little brief description on how you got involved in the wrestling business how like what what led you into the wrestling business well it was a dream of life when i was a little kid i'd always dream of being a professional wrestler as a matter of fact i just ran into an old uh, baseball league baseball coach and he said you know i remember when you were nine years old, I asked you what you wanted to be, and you said you wanted to be a professional wrestler. And he said you went out and you done it. Not only did you become a professional wrestler, but you became a top three wrestler not only just in Ohio, but all over the world, basically. And I'm very thankful to God that He blessed me with such a wonderful career. I hear people say that uh, you know they're living a the dream. Well, brother, I really live my dream, and 
Wow. So I try to get the ring set up and roll around in the ring and try to learn. And even the guys that was there wrestling at the time, they never let you in the dressing room. They never do nothing. They kept it all, uh, they didn't really want people in the wrestling business. Uh, I feel it was like that anyway. And I started, I had my first match when I was 16 in Clarksburg, West Virginia. A guy by the name of Ken Jugan who does, uh, was Ultimate Great. Well, back then he was a manager out of McKeesport or Glassport, Pennsylvania. And uh, I wrote a letter. Of course, back then we didn't have no internet. And he told me, come on to Clarksburg, West Virginia. I was 16. My dad and I drove a 175-mile trip down. When we got there, we had, I had no proper prior training. And the Indian, she got Rick Loud from Akron, had the ring at that time there by Rennett. He said, they can't even wrestle in my ring. Well, not everybody showed up. So they put me in the ring with a guy who never had a match before. And we got in there and wrestled for about three or four minutes. The whole dressing room empty. They came out and pulled us apart. And they said, later on, they thought we were going to kill each other. Wow. So I was pretty uh, loud. And uh, that guy was named Joseph Shedlock, who... There's some autograph things he was with Matt Dog Michaels, and of course, like I said, uh, I was a baby face, and Matt Dog Michaels was the villain, and uh, he was managed by Ken Jukin, uh, Zoltan the Great, and uh, that was my very first match, I think it was June the 14th, 1977. Wow, and, and um, that was without any wrestling schools back then, or were there any wrestlers who were teaching the students, or...? It was a, it was a, it was very it was a very tight knit thing. They didn't teach really. I mean, they broke guys in every once in a while, but it's, it wasn't it, it wasn't it wasn't like it is today, where a guy goes and takes five or six ten lessons and he opens up a school himself. Yeah, uh, it was very far few in between, and there was uh it was just like for example there wasn't all kinds of uh. Outlaw wrestlers, independent wrestlers back then, either or promoters, for that matter. I remember when I started promoting in Ohio, well, as a matter of fact, in 70, 77 or 78, I promoted my first wrestler show, I think, at 16 or 17. But there, were, there was only just about three or four guys who promoted shows in Ohio, even into the 90s, when I started uh, promoting again after I left WCW. There was just a couple of guys promoting. But now, it's every other town. Yeah. And, and the people get the watered-down version of professional wrestling. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's a lot different. Yeah, well, you know, on, on the East Coast, um, we're not really exposed to a lot of, like, independent wrestling. There's there's right. a lot of independent companies out there. But, you know, I'm the, but, but the Midwest is really, really big where wrestling still stands out. United States, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee also. Yeah. We wrestled last night in Richmond. Now, I'm going to tell you this. The crowd was loud all night long. Yeah. And it's just like I told somebody. The friend of Sticky Parker told me, you can never kill wrestling. If, if any other sport was done like what Vince has done to wrestling, you couldn't go for a football game or a basketball game, <laughs> or a baseball game, you understand? Yeah. And, but still, uh, people were able to think promote it right, and if they get the word out right, and got some guys and people want to see, you can still park a place. 
Yeah. And that's the thing, that's amazing. The people still stomp and clap and cheer and everything. I mean, my goodness, it's just wonderful. Yeah. Um, uh, another question, not to just get off track, but from when you started out, um, so basically you had your first match at what age? I was about, I was 16, I was actually 16. 16, alright, and you... Then the 14, 1977. Wow, did you have trunks and everything, the, the knee pads and everything, well, or, no? Well, what happened was, the cop, the guys that helped me set the ring up, that I helped set the ring up, I told them, I said, guys, I'm getting into wrestling. And I need to know where to get some boots and trunks at. Well, they reluctantly told me where to call. Gave me a catalog. And brother, I still got that same catalog today from K&H Wrestling Wear out of Ohio. And I wrote that day because my real name is uh, James Hines. Yeah. And I didn't figure anybody wanted to pay to see Jimmy Hines wrestle. So I wrote Bobby Fulton on that, on that, on that, uh, on that uh, little uh, catalog. Oh, how about the question? How, how, how did you come up with the name? How did you come up with the name Bobby Fulton? I don't know. I don't know how I came up with it. I just sat there and I said, "Well, Bobby's got a begun name. Fulton sounds a lot better than Hines, so I'm going to give it a shot." Oh. And I was there pretty much uh, been there ever since. You know, as far as that goes. Oh, okay. And um, do you remember your first um? person that you wrestled, do you remember his name? Do you remember yeah, that's Michaels, I told you. Yeah. The wrestlers came from the back of all the guys that have been in the wrestling business for years and pulled us apart because they thought we were going to kill each other. <laughs> that was black and blue from head to toe the next day. Oh my God. Oh my and God. And back then, I want to do two things real quick. It was just like I told the guys last night. Yeah. Back then, we didn't play music when we walked to the ring. Yeah. And back then, we didn't wear knee pads either. Oh my god, so your knees must have been shot. You know, wore trunks and boots. Yeah. And you wore professional wrestling trunks and professional wrestling boots. Not biker shorts, not cut-off jeans, unless that was your gimmick if you're Zaytac Calhoun, yeah. or anything else. You wore professional wrestling trunks, and boots in K&H was really, really hard. As a matter of fact, I still have my K&H wrestling trunks, and I showed them to a guy. In the country last night, he said, I make wrestling gear. He said, no one can get this nylon. Like K&H, I said, they're still in business. Look them up on the internet. K&H Wrestling Wear is a platform. They've been making stuff for wrestlers uh, since 1950, probably. Oh, did you get, do you still use TNH when you was part of the Fantastics? Did they do your wardrobes? TNH, yeah. TNH is K. They're still in good condition? Oh, great condition. I wear them whenever I wrestle, yeah. 
Wow. Is it, is, it, is it the same white boots that you have that I've seen? Yeah, three boots. Oh, my God. You gotta, you, you, you gotta take a picture of it. I gotta see it then. It's, it's, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man. So um, on um, how did you come about? You know, I'm just going a little bit forward ahead though. But how did you end up meeting Tommy Rogers? Well, I met Tommy Rogers originally in Memphis, Tennessee. We were wrestling for Jerry Jarrett's wrestling promotions out of Memphis. Okay. And then I went, I think, to Kansas City for a while. I can't remember. San Antonio. And then Bill Watson, Bill Watson's name comes up again. Bill Watson, Bill Dundee put Tommy Rogers and I together in Mid-South Wrestling with Aaron, Louisiana, and Arkansas, and Texas. Yeah. They put us together there. And I was previously with Terry Taylor, and Terry Taylor and I were called the Fantastic One. So some of you up north remember Terry Taylor as being the Red Rooster. Yeah. Was the Fantastic Ones a rib off the Fabulous Ones? Is it was it something off? Oh, that? well, here's what happened. Back then in wrestling, it was all territories. Okay. So Jerry Jarrett and me, Stan Blaine and Steve Kerr, the Fantastic, the Fabulous Ones, because he was going to turn against Sachi Fargo. But he got over so strong as baby faces, they kept them that way. So then there's me and Terry Taylor in the territory. They send us to somewhere else, and Jerry Jarrett puts us as the Fantastic Ones. Oh. And the big territory where we did that was Jim Cornette's first territory, in which he was a little after Jarrett. We all went down there, Jim Cornette was there. The Angel Frank Morrell, Coco Beware was Sweet Brown Sugar, I think, and Ken Wayne was Tiger Mask. And King Carl Fergie, Jerry Waller's cousin. King King Carl Fergie and one of the Royal Kangaroos, Norman Fergie Charles III, Jerry Novak, the Bounty Hunter, guys like that, was in that territory. Wow, there was a and lot of... God, I'm sorry. When we came back, I left and went to San Antonio, I think it was, and Terry Taylor did his thing, and then that's when Bill Watts put Tommy, Bill Watts and Superstar Bill Dundee put Tommy Rogers and I together to form the Fantastic. And we dropped the ones. Oh, okay. I just called itself a Fantastic. Oh, so where, where was the official Fantastic's, like, actual debut? Was it at Mid-South? Or? Yeah. Yes, it was. It was at Mid-South? Okay. And then, you know, you really, you guys really, at that time, I, I, I remember seeing, I've seen some matches, but not all. But you guys didn't, did you have a theme music at that time when you was in Mid-South? Yeah, yeah. It was Shirt Man. Okay. We did see, as a matter of fact, because of that, Oh, wow. And he came to Houston to the Coliseum to meet us, and he brought us the Eliminator keychain, and that night we used to wear top hats. To the ring, we gave him our top hats, and we gave him pictures, and he gave us pictures, and then whenever we'd go to Houston, we would meet with him and listen with him and build a friendship with him, as a matter of fact. Oh, that was really good. So he was a wrestling fan, too, as well. Yep, <laughs> that's so right. That's so true. Uh, so, um, how long you guys were in Midwest? Mid South. Mid South. I'm sorry, Mid South. Well, 
your first major feud and um I, I believe from mid south to like world class championship wrestling was it with the Midnight Express or Was that at the um the UWF? Was it? Um, UWF. Right. I can't remember called UWF. I think they called UWF then. Yeah. I can't remember. Oh, okay. I believe because that's when they had the. I guess when um it was when the NWA acquired UWF from Bill Watts and then merged together. I believe. Well, I wasn't there then when that happened. Oh, you wasn't there when that. Okay. Yeah, because I remember, I'm saying, I remember seeing, like, a lot of matches, but at that time, you know, I was just watching a lot of videotape footage of you guys, so, you know, and then especially on ESPN, I see you guys a lot on ESPN with the World Class Championship Wrestling. Right, right, right. We, we wrestled there for a long time. It was very popular in Texas. The fans were great to us. Yeah. And I think he was right up there in popularity with the Von Erics. He was probably right up there. As a the, matter of fact, Kevin told Tommy just a couple of weeks ago that we even got over the Von Erics. Wow. And Kevin threw away a lot of, they threw away a lot of our fan mail and stuff because he said he didn't want people to know about it. <laughs> and that uh, he apologized for that. But he said, you guys blew us away, man. You guys were over strong. Wow. And it's a nice compliment for Kevin to say that. Super nice people. Really 
I'm sorry, go ahead. That's a that's a tragedy in itself. That whole the whole family story. It's a it's a big tragedy. Yeah. You know, you know, and then you know, Carrie is left by you know. I think he has a, he has a daughter, right? That's also, I believe she was in the wrestling. business, right? Yeah, I think she is wrestling, yeah. and uh, I'm not for sure. I've met her once or twice at like a fan fest or some kind of thing. Yeah, but uh, I don't know a whole lot about her now. Oh, all right, all right, and um. Um, to go back to the wrestling, um, from you and the Fantastics coming into WCW, you guys came in, you know, like like a bat out of hell. You guys came in full yeah. fury, and you know, at that time, you know, I guess if you guys were wrestling now in this era, you know, you probably would get booed by the guy fans. But at that time, guys we and girls were cheering we you. Did they, we did then. Yeah. Bill Wilkes of the Patriot. Yeah. The Patriot. You know, we used to come to Columbia, and he would boo us. Exactly, man. I'm saying, you know, at that time, you know, guys always love to hate, you know, somebody they wish they could emulate or be like, you know. Especially if they want to hate the guy that might take your girlfriend out after wrestling, right? <laughs> that's, 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 that's true, that's true. Um, another thing, um, I noticed too, when I used to watch you guys in a lot of tag team ma matches, Tommy always was the one that was the seller of the match, and you was always the one that was coming in and making the save. Was it always like that, or was it, because I, be, like, I can't even recall times where you was in the ring, like, you know, you was in the ring most of the time, but Tommy was the one that was always taking, you know, taking the punishment for all the, for all the matches. He, he, you know, he did that, he, he did that too, but Tommy was really good at making comebacks, so a lot of times he made real good comebacks. Tommy Rogers is a great athlete. He's superb, as a matter of fact, one of the best in the wrestling business, and he did an outstanding job, and uh, we, uh, you know, it just probably looks like that, that he took the brunt of everything, but uh, I, I, I don't know, you know, uh, uh, I guess it was about 50-50, I don't know, but, yeah. uh, yeah. No, no, I'm not. I'm not taking anything away from him at all. But I said, you know, when, from when I used to watch it, a lot of the matches, even when you guys fought the Midnight Express, you know, you was every time you got the every time he made the hot tag to you, you was always the fist of fire. You was always in there like cleaning house, and you know, Tommy usually was the one that was always hurting the match during the match. But yeah, you know, yeah, I understand. Uh, well, I like it to clash the champions. He was busted up and had to go to the hospital after that match. Oh, yeah. He busted a septum, he got bulldog on the table, and was beat up pretty bad. 
I'm saying you guys were both equal, but you know what, what I noticed. This is just I understand, my. I understand what you're saying. It seemed like he was the one that they always got the heat on, and they, I couldn't really make the comeback. Yeah, right? yeah. It was like Bobby Fulton to the save with the right hands, the right hands. You know, you was always yeah, the one yeah, that made yeah. the save. Okay, you know, but you know, yeah, always in tag team. There's like you know, not that one is better than the other, but you like you know, if this person's in, he's going to take the majority of the punishment. Exactly, I got you. I understand. Yeah. I understand. You know, that, that's what I say. Like even even like when you had singles matches, I was like, oh man, Bobby's gonna have a singles match. This is gonna be good, you know. And then it, it was always it was always it was always good seeing you, you know, sell the punishment as well. I was like, because you're definitely a good seller as well. So it was always good Thank seeing you in singles you. matches. No, no problem. I just wish. Uh, did you ever wanted to have like more of a singles push? Because you know, even though you guys are like religiously were a great tag team always together, but did you ever have the desire to have a singles run? That's true because uh, you know even the Road Warriors, even though they had singles matches, you know one was not one without the other one. You know it was always Hawk and Animal. You know it was it was like you know apples and oranges. You know they were they go sometimes they go together, and you know but you know it's also like the Shawn Michaels thing. You know a lot of people say oh he's a tag wrestler. There's no way he could do it singles, but you know he just showed a lot of people wrong. That's what I'm saying. I think yeah yeah you know you know you you're you're right up there with him too that's why that's what i'm trying to say like you're right up there no 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 problem my man you're still going strong so i just give you a lot of credit still, for that. i'm still trying to go down and wrestle and uh as a matter of fact because i enjoy doing it and i just want to i enjoy the professional wrestling business the whole the whole thing from seeing the great fans to meeting all the all the guys and Especially going to these fan fests and these legend things, seeing guys that I haven't seen in quite a few years. Well, recently it was Joe Malenko. I seen Dean Malenko's brother. Uh, Joe Joe Malenko uh, was there in uh, North Carolina uh, a couple months ago. Also, I seen Larry Zabisco there, who I hadn't seen in a long time. Ron Simmons. Because when I'm out here wrestling on a lot of these independent shows. I run into the Rock and Roll Express uh, from time to time, and Dr. John Pritchard and uh, some guy last night, uh, number one, George South, was on the wrestling fan up in Michigan, so I get a chance to cross paths with guys, and as a matter of fact, uh, Shane Douglas, I've been seeing him a lot lately on the bands that I run into Sapu, who's also going to be there in uh, Winston-Salem. On that Thanksgiving weekend I was telling you about before the Russell Cage, which is sold out. Yeah. Now, how many events have you known that's an independent 
Yeah, not many. Yeah, not many. And um, how 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 many people can the arena hold? I'm not for sure. I okay. don't know how many it'll hold. Oh, okay. Wow. But so, so, I'm yeah. sure it's over fifty. Wow, sold out. That's amazing, though. You know, yeah, it, it, even if it's even look with with wrestling the way it is, I don't know how many people it holds. But if it holds a couple thousand. Then that's great for an independent event. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. And it's not even a WWE event, you know. And it's no, you know, and it's exactly you know, and it's it's just the you know the, the you know the, the legends of the ring is just the legends of wrestlers. So yes. that's yes, that's right. It's gonna be a big card. Um, did you guys? I don't. I guess I I don't remember it, but you never were in the WWF with Tommy Rogers, right? Well, we wrestled each other one time on there. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, oh one time. And we wrestled each other before they started the junior heavyweight. Junior heavyweights before they brought in Rey Mysterio or any of the little guys. Yeah. And they brought us in. They brought us in. Jim Cornette asked us to go there just so Vince could see two smaller guys wrestle. Oh wow! So and if it was good enough, then he brought in the smaller guys, and of course that's when the smaller guys came in after our match that we had on Raw. Oh, was it with the Takamichinoku phase when they had the light heavyweight division? It was division? before that. It was, it was before, before that? that? Oh, okay. That's what brought all that on. Oh, wow. Well, um, is it, is it, is it, was it a dark match before, like, a... No, it was all wrong. Oh, wow. And, uh, I'm going to thank you for also saying this is one of the greatest tag teams in the world, and here they are wrestling each other, and, uh, it was a one-time deal, and I had another successful business going at the time, and, Is it on YouTube? Because I'm definitely going to yeah, check it out. It's on YouTube. Oh. It's got me and I've got one, I've got a one-legged trunk and i got short dark hair. I walk out there with a Fantastics jacket on. Tommy goes out there without, without, I don't even know if it wore, yeah, he wore a Walsh t-shirt out. Oh, wow. And, uh, he went out there and we wrestled for six or seven minutes. And he ended up beating me with the Tamikaze through... Christian Cage stole that move and calls it something else now. Well, the, what is it, the, um, the Unprettier or something like that, I believe it is. The whole thing where he goes ahead, Tommy Rogers, as a matter of fact, that night Tommy Rogers did it, Brian Pillman was wanting to do it and find out what it was. You remember finding Brian Pillman? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, he, he was a nice guy. And he, uh, Wow. Uh, speaking of um, Brian Pillman, because you just mentioned him, um, um, on the passing of Sean O'Hare, did you were were you familiar with Sean O'Hare or? No, I didn't know him whatsoever. Oh, okay, because he just passed. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. So many guys, so many guys, so many guys die so untimely deaths with wrestling. Yeah. For whatever reason, I don't understand why. Yeah. But it's just very, very sad. You know, professional 
nursery is a business where you hurry up and leave. Yeah. And what I don't mind is the devil's playground. Yeah. And sometimes often guys try to find things to to occupy their time. Yeah. And a lot of times they choose the wrong things to occupy their time. Or deaden the senses, I should say, I'm not saying that's always, but sometimes. And it's just a path, it's a dead-end path. Yeah. And so many of them are dead over it, you know. Yeah. I'm saying you could count them with, you know, probably with all your hands of how many guys you know in the business are not no longer around, right? Well, I'll tell you what, brother, and I'm going to shoot straight with you. Yeah, yeah. I went, to, I went to Japan, and I asked God, I'm a, I'm a Christian. Yes. As a matter of fact, I spoke at a church this morning there in, uh, in, uh, in St. Joe, uh, St. Joe, uh, St. Joseph, Michigan, I think it's called. Yes. And I want to tell you, I went to Japan the last time and I thought, God, why am I going to Japan? Well, when I got to the Atlanta airport, I looked at a guy, and it's like inside my spirit. I said, there's your reason why you're going. And I looked at the big boss man. Yeah. And that whole trip, I went to big boss man. I said, big boss man, if you don't quit doing what you're doing, you're going to die. I just want to tell you. And as the trip went on, I shared with him every day. I prayed on the bus, and I said, you're going to die. He said, man, I love my daughter so much. And this and that and everything. I said, brother, I don't want you to die, but you're going to die if you keep doing what you're doing. And I'll never forget one day on the bus, I prayed. I said, my prayer is if you try to take these pills tonight, that you're, and I'm just going to tell you straight up. Yeah, keep it. That you're going to, you're going to choke and get so violent, the alien ain't going to be able to take them. Well, I was laying in my bed in hotel rooms in Japan. It's really, uh, really little. And I could hear him gagging. And I turned it to myself, just thought, uh, my prayers answered. But he told my brother later on, after I was off, you know, you had different trips to Japan. He said, I can't whip him, man. I can't whip him. And of course, we knew what happened to him after that. I'm sorry, sorry for his family. I'm sorry for his daughter. But people's got to know, when you play with fire, you're going to get burned. Other people say, you don't ever happen to me. I got things under control. You don't control a controlled substance. It controls you. Whether it's drugs, whether it's marijuana that you're trying to legalize, you cannot tell me that that don't mess with your mind. And we're going to have a bunch of people driving around or smoking marijuana. I never laid back, but perhaps too laid back. Alcohol, it's all poison. It poisons your mind, it messes you up. Yeah. Look here, brother. When you see that ice cold bottle of beer on TV and it looks so good and refreshing, they don't show you the family of four that was killed late one night driving home from some kind of event because a drunk driver pulled over in front of them and hit them head on. Yeah. I'm, de I'm deadly against it. Drugs and alcohol and liquor, and, and this has killed a lot of my compadres in professional wrestling. And we ought to get mad about it. They say it's ridiculous. Mm. I mean, my goodness, man. You can't, let me ask you a question. Can yeah. you strike a match and it's just burning, stick it to your skin and not burn you? Nope, you can't do that. Okay, okay. And I'm just telling you. People think I've got it under control. They don't. The best of them, the best of them, I don't know what happened to Chris Benoit, man, that just 
use my soul up. Oh, yeah, that's... Oof. Whether he had a brain full of chili, I don't know. I've had tons of concussions, too. Yeah. And tonight, I tell you this, brother. Yeah. I've had a stroke and I'm blind in one eye. Yeah. I woke up Labor Day at 2 in the morning. I drove to South Carolina, picked up my kids. I mean, drove to North Carolina, picked up my kids from Ohio. Went and wrestled three times in 95 degrees weather. Ate a rack of barbecue ribs, turned around, dropped my kids off, and drove back to Chillicothe, Ohio, and got back at 3.30 in the morning. Wow. And I'm 53 years old. Wow. So I'm just saying this to young men and young women, don't even try to play with that fire and drugs, any type of a liquor, whatever, it's going to cause you nothing but troubles. Yeah. yeah. And it wouldn't have killed so many people that we know, man. I'm talking about good people. I mean, I look at the list of people that's dead for one reason or another, and I'm talking about, like, uh, of course, some people had the... Uh, had the had the brain problems and stuff like that, mm. uh, like uh, like Doug Ferris, what a great athlete, man. The University of Tennessee is dying way too early. Yeah. We can't take our life to we can't take our life to for we can't take our life for granted. You know what I'm saying? No, I definitely agree with you. You know, you know, the good die young, as they say. But you know, there's there's a lot of prevention that could have been done, and you know, there's a lot of people that are living secular lives. So it's just it's 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 hard. It's hard. You know, it's hard to judge. Yeah, it is. It's, it's hard. I'm not judging anybody. Trust me. But what I'm just trying to say to people, when they play with their weapons, when they play around with that stuff, they're going to get burned every time. Yeah. It's going to cost them. Yeah. It's going to take them. Exactly, exactly. You know, sometimes, you know, if it burns somebody in their soul from what you're saying, it's because it's probably, they're probably dealing with something on their, on, you know, on their own, but, you know, it's... Eddie Gilbert, Eddie Gilbert was a great mind and a great talent in professional wrestling. Absolutely right. You know, there's there's a lot of death in the business, and you know, you know, I, I don't, I, you know, I'm not a wrestler, so I don't know what it attributes to. I don't know if the, you know they're in pain every day. They need painkillers. They need this. They need that. You know, I really don't know. You know, you're, you know, you, can you tell me? Like, have you ever been involved in anything? Like, you know, drugs? Never. Never. I've never been. I've never been into drugs or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just, uh, for some reason, I never took that path. And I don't, I, and I just never did, uh, did, uh, mess with them, you know what I'm saying? And I guess the reason why I was scared, because I, I thought, my goodness, uh, I could look around and see what it was doing to other people, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And, uh, everything, so I didn't ever want to mess with them. And of course, it's like my father said, years ago, if 
you don't start things, you don't have to have to worry about stopping. You understand what I'm saying? Exactly, yeah. And, uh, and hey, I've been in just as much pain as everybody else, trust me. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, Abdullah the Butcher hit me with the chair so hard in 2007. My shoulder was killing me for two months. Now, finally, after I relaxed, after two months, I couldn't even raise my arm over my shoulder. And here's what happened, brother. Yeah. I was laying in a hotel room and I happened to just really relax. Mm-hmm. And I moved my arm and it sounded like a gun went off. My shoulder had been dislocated for two months. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it went back in and now it's fine. And it, and it never came out of socket ever again? No, 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 I ain't had a 400 pound man swinging a chair and hit me with it, hit me with it, you know. Oh my god, that must, so you did like a, I don't know, so you basically, you know, it it clicked back into place by itself once, like, you stretched out your arm. Yeah, finally, I was in so much pain and agony every day. Finally, I got to the point, one day I relaxed a little bit and I was just laying on the bed and I kind of tried to move my shoulder. A little bit, and finally I just moved it, and it went snap. It sounded like a gun going off. <laughs> and I could move my shoulder perfectly, and I thought, wow, this is great. Oh, man. <laughs> wow, well, Bobby. It comes with the territory, you understand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's a... Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm saying, saying, you know, like, there's a lot of soldiers, I guess, that went to war and they came back and they had, you know, like the, you know, the, the, you know, the the Vietnam situation, you know, there was a lot of soldiers coming back and it was hard for them to adjust because they seen a lot of things, so, I'm not not comparing wrestling to Vietnam, but, you know, I guess the injuries... I I understand totally, because listen to me, my uncle, my uncle was in the Korean War. Yeah. And when he came back, my mother said that uh, he would, uh, at night he would get up and start running for the woods because he said they're coming, they're coming. And he said that when he first went to Korea, they handed him all these little pamphlet Bibles. Yeah. And he said when the bombs started dropping, they did them foxholes. Nobody looked at them Bibles until that moment. Wow. There's no atheists in foxholes, brother. <laughs> oh. There's no atheists in foxholes. Oh. Especially when the bombs are being dropped. So here, here's the deal. I don't know what it's like for a man in war to see his best friend blown away. Yeah. And I understand what they say about trauma and how, how it's hard to react. But also at the same time, it's a part of faith. It's a part of It's a part of their training. And that's why a lot of guys, especially like the soldiers and stuff like that, they have a hard time readjusting to life over here. And the same thing with wrestlers as far as any type of entertainer. That's why I think, man, listen to this. Yeah. Giant Beverly Hills, there's somewhere in a 35,000 square foot hall. They can't find happiness anywhere. Yeah. He's tried it with sex, with men and women. He's tried it with drugs. He's tried it with alcohol. He's got a 35,000 square foot hall and a... And a 20-car garage with Maseratis and everything, and he can't find happiness. So he goes too far on drugs and ends up going out into eternity. That's the problem. You know, a lot of people tonight need, need Jesus, and a lot of people don't know, you know, know don't know about it. So. The way the truth, I think, you know, 
political theater, but since you did, that's exactly right. Yeah. If people are thinking and searching, they feel like there's something missing. They're missing the Lord Jesus Christ in their hearts. God created the heavens and the earth. He sent His only begotten Son to die on the cross for every one of our sins. The scripture says that while we were yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for the ungodly. And He died that He would take away our sins, not to save us in our sins, meaning that He didn't die so that we could sin or the way our sins say, well, that was not too bad. But to take away the sins. And the thing of it is, sir, the only people don't realize this. I've heard people say, man, I've heard some people say, and it's been six years ago, and you'll sell your soul to the devil. You'll be famous and you'll be this and that. I don't know if you've ever heard people say stuff like that or not. Yeah. And talk about where they've done that. But listen, why not sell yourself out to Jesus Christ? He gives you eternal life. He says, no one with you always. He said, cast my tears and troubles upon me because I care for you. God is a God of love. The God I'm talking about, the God I'm talking about is a God that cuts people's heads off because they don't believe what they believe and yeah. dictate everything we do. Yeah. The God, the God that I pray to, is the God that came in the flesh as Jesus Christ near two thousand years ago, and then I don't believe in any other God. Yeah. Jesus said in the Bible in John chapter fourteen, He said, "I am the way, the truth, and life." He said, "Not one of many ways, but I am the way." No man can come to the Father God except by me. It's not by how good you are. It's not by who you know. It's not by what church you attend. But it's who you know in Jesus Christ. So I'll take, take back on that word. It's knowing Jesus. It's not by what your grandma said or your grandpa said. Your aunt and uncle or your mom and dad said. It's by what you've done. And that's meeting Jesus Christ. And accepting him as your Lord and Savior. That's it. Nothing added to it, nothing taken away, and that's my belief. No, exactly, and you're never too late to go to Jesus. People go to him when they're... That's good, that's good. Yeah, you can, you can go to him when you're five years old, or you can go to him when you're 65, you know? He was always... You go to him on your deathbed if you have a chance. Yeah. But there was some little girl that told me she worked in a hospital in Ronnie County in Salisbury, North Carolina, and she was working in the uh, hospital late one night in the emergency room. Mm -hmm. Well, what happened was, all of a sudden, they brought a guy in that was in a car wreck, and they had to put him face down on the in the uh, emergency room. Mm -hmm. Well, all of a sudden, he uh, he was in on that bed unconscious. Well, it was her and a bunch of doctors that had to come run into the room because he pushed himself up off the table and said, "They're coming! They're coming!" and screaming and going, "They're coming! They're coming! They're coming!" And finally they wrestled him back down on the bed and he died and that was it. Oh. Now what was coming, I don't know. Only we could imagine. But oh. whatever was, was horrifying for him. Wow, you just gave me goosebumps telling me that story. Oh my God. Well, it's the truth. It's the truth. Okay. And people need to hear the truth because, listen, we're not, we're not hearing the truth anymore. Mm -hmm. And nothing. Especially in the United States and Another subject that, no, not wrestling, but uh, we're not hearing the truth of people. As Jack Nicholson said, people are free to hear the truth. Yeah. That Jesus Christ came and saved, he came and saved the world and died on a cross. And the next time he comes back, he's coming back to judge the world. Yeah. The Bible says that one day every knee shall bow, every tongue confessing his Lord and Savior. And the 
right there. That's powerful. Um, Steve Borden, Ted DiBiase, there's a lot of yourself. Jerry Taylor, yeah. so many guys. So many guys have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And uh, like I said, uh, you know, sir, I was going to tell you this. You know, I told you about a stroke. Yeah. And I can't really see. So I'm starting to drive in a train. And I'm going to have to cut this off because I can barely see. Okay, not a problem. And I want to thank you all safely. And God bless you, man. God bless you. I want to tell all the wrestling fans out there hello. And uh, that, uh, that, uh, I hope to join your program again, okay? No problem, Bobby. You got to give me a part God two, man. You, sir. God bless you, sir. God bless you. You take care. Yes, all right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 